Hey everybody, it's Jay Fleischman here with another episode of The Student Loan Show. And today, I've got a confession. I am always impressed with the way that scammers operate. It's amazing how smart and how wily and how completely inventive they can be. I'm telling you this because there's this scam that I hear about at least once or twice a week. And it is absolutely brilliant because it's something that you can actually verify by looking at the law. And because it's something that looks so incredibly legitimate, people have a really hard time understanding the fact that it is a scam. It reminds me of the fact that if you're backed up on your student loans and if you're feeling like there is absolutely no hope, if somebody is going to give you any reason to hang on to that there may be some hope at all, you're going to grab onto it. You're going to take whatever offer of help there's going to be. So I'm remarkably impressed by this one. So here's what it is. You fall behind on your student loan, and your loan gets transferred from the servicer, your Navient or your Fed loan or your AES or what have you, and it gets transferred out to a debt collection agency. You get a phone call from the debt collection agency, and you probably don't answer it because it's a phone number that you haven't heard before and you don't recognize it, and you probably have already been conditioned to not answer the phone because you're past due. So you know what these 800 numbers and what these unlisted no-caller ID numbers are really calling about. They want money and you don't have it. So you don't answer the phone. And you get a letter from some company that says, we're a debt collector. We are working for fill-in-the-blank company about your defaulted student loan, and you need to get in touch with us. This freaks you out. This is a totally different company. And you've heard horror stories. So you get all nervous. And what do you do? You go online and you start searching for stuff. And you come across a website that tells you that the debt collector needs to be able to prove the debt. This company, or in some cases, even this law firm, there are lawyers that do this. This law firm or this company says, get in touch with us. If they can't prove the debt, then we're going to make them go away. And we can settle the loan or we can make the loan go away and whatever it is. And you're just going to pay us X dollars. Let's say you've got $80,000 in student loan debt and some company is going to go to bat for you and make the loan go away and it's going to cost you $2,000. Well, you'd be a fool not to spend 2000 bucks, right? If this loan's going to go away for two grand, deal, right? So that's what you do. You get in touch with this company or this law firm, and you talk to somebody, maybe they're a lawyer, maybe they're a student loan counselor, maybe they're whoever they are, and you tell them what happened. Maybe they ask you for a copy of the letter, they take a look at the letter, or they just go ahead and they tell you this. If 
you request verification of the debt and you demand a copy of the promissory note and the debt collector doesn't give you a copy of the promissory note, then they can't collect the debt and they go away and you win. We'll make this thing go away because they can't prove that they own the loan. Okay, well, it makes total sense. If you tell me that I owe you money and I ask you for proof and you can't provide proof, well, I don't owe you any money, right? It's genius. And the reason why it's genius is because it's actually true. It's not true the way that they say it, but it is true. 100%. How is it true and a scam at the same time? Well, okay, let's, let's start with the law. Under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which is the cornerstone consumer protection law that governs the way that consumer debts are collected by third-party companies. So once the loan is passed due and in default and it gets sent out to another company, whether it's a company that bought it or it's just a hired gun debt collector, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act kicks in. And the FDCPA, that's short for Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, the FDCPA says the following. Once the debt collector gets in touch with you for what is called an initial contact, and it may be by phone, maybe by letter, it may be in any variety of ways, Once the debt collector makes initial contact for the first time, first time contact, they have five days to send you a validation notice. That validation notice, which is really just a letter, has to contain the amount of the debt, the name of the creditor that you owe the money to, a statement that unless within 30 days of the date that you receive the notice, Unless you dispute the validity of the debt or any portion of that debt, then the debt collector is going to assume that it's valid. And a statement that if you notify the debt collector in writing within that 30-day period that the debt or any portion of that debt is disputed, then the debt collector has to obtain verification of the debt or a copy of the judgment against you. If there was a court judgment, and last but not least, a statement that upon your written request during the 30-day period, the debt collector will provide you with the name and address of the original creditor if it's different from the current creditor, so in case the debt's been sold or transferred. Those five things must be in the validation notice, and that's under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, FDCPA. Five things. Amount of the debt, name of the creditor, statement that you get 30 days to dispute the validity of the debt. And if you don't, they're going to assume that the debt's valid. If you make a request within that 30-day period, they're going to obtain a copy of verification or a copy of the judgment against you if there's been a court judgment against you. And that If you make that request within 30 days, 
uh, they're going to give you the name and the address of the original creditor if it's different than the current one. Now, here's where the scam comes in. Verification. You get 30 days to request verification of the debt. I want you to remember that. They send you a letter. If you do nothing on day 31, they presume that the debt is valid. That's not considered uh, an acknowledgement of the debt. It doesn't reset a statute of limitations. It doesn't take away a defense that you may have. All it means is if you don't say something to the debt collector within that 30-day window of time, the debt collector can go ahead and continue doing their job, which is trying to get you to pay. So you get 30 days. If you make a request within 30 days, you can notify the debt collector that you dispute the debt, or you can request verification of the debt. What does all that mean? Does that mean that they have to give you a copy of the promissory note? Well, that's exactly where the scam comes in because the FDCPA never defines what constitutes verification. So when you get in touch with this law firm or this student loan counselor or this debt resolution service or this settlement company or what have you, and they say, we're going to demand verification. And if they don't send us a copy of the promissory note and proof that they own the debt, then you don't owe the money. Well, that makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, the word verification doesn't mean what you think it means. Because what you think it means is send me a copy of the promissory note. Under normal circumstances, that's what I would think that it means also. But the courts have a different take on it. Courts almost universally across the country have interpreted the word verification to mean nothing more than the debt collector confirming in writing that the amount being demanded is what the creditor is claiming that is owed. And the debt collector isn't required to keep detailed files of the debt. The debt collector isn't required to have a copy of the promissory note or all of the payments or any information about the debt, aside from the fact that the owner of the debt has said, call these people, this is how much they owe us, collect the money. In other words, the debt collector is given the ability to rely on the holder of the debt. So let that sink in for a minute. The debt collector gets to rely on whatever the owner of the debt tells them. Now, as a practical matter, all the debt collector ever gets is a computer file with names, addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers, name of lender, balance due. They get a computer file. They take the computer file, they import it into their software, and they start dialing for dollars. That's all they're doing. They're picking up the phone and they're stamping letters in the hopes that you're going to send them some money. So you get a collection letter and you look at it and you've heard that there is this 
debt verification request. What happens if the debt collector doesn't respond? Well, if the debt collector doesn't respond, the debt collector cannot continue to take any action to try to get you to pay them. So ABC debt collector sends you a letter, says you owe U.S. Department of Education a bazillion dollars, and you send the letter, you demand verification, debt collection company doesn't respond. All that means is that the debt collection company, that individual debt collection company, can't continue to get you to pay. They can't ask you for money. They can't call you. They can't write you. They can't do anything. So long as you sent that letter out and they got it within the 30-day period, great. But what it doesn't mean is that the debt is unenforceable. The U.S. Department of Education, who you owe a bazillion dollars to for your defaulted student loan, all they need to do is send the debt out to a new collection agency because there's nothing in the law that prevents that other collection agency from trying to collect money from you, or the lender can go ahead and file a lawsuit against you, or take any other enforcement action against you. There's nothing in the law that prevents enforcement action. It only prevents this one debt collector that has received this one request for verification from continuing to ask you for money. That's a lot different than the promise of, we're going to make them send us a copy of the promissory note, and if they can't, then you don't owe the debt. And it's certainly not worth $2,000, $1,500. It's not worth anything, really. I mean, it's worth something because it'd be nice to get control of your phone and your mailbox back. But aside from that, all it does is it kicks the can down the road. But that's the scam get you to spend a whole lot of money to get somebody to demand a copy of the promissory note. And if they don't give it to you, the debt's going to disappear. Well, now we know that that's false. There's still some value in demanding verification. Let's say you get a collection letter and you have no idea if this is really your debt or who these people are or how they came up with the number. You don't think it's your debt. Well, It's a good idea to make sure you do that by asking for verification. If they don't give you more information, you can continue to dispute the debt. So if you don't owe the debt, or if the debt collector sends you a letter with an amount of money that is way off base of what you believe to be correct, ask them for verification. Where'd you get this number from? Also, if you believe that the debt has expired due to the statute of limitations, which by the way, does not, does not apply to federal student loans. Only private student loans, only private debts have a statute of limitations. There is no statute of limitations on federal student loans. There is one on private student loans. And what it is depends upon your state. If you think that this debt is so old that it's expired because of the statute of limitations, well, you want to demand verification then. So let's say you get that verification letter out and it's out within 30 days, the debt collector stops contacting you and then they send you a letter with information to verify the debt. What happens then? Well, then it's game on, collection resumes. They've fulfilled their requirements under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. If they don't verify the debt, 
then the FDCPA prevents them from continuing collection activities. And practically what happens is the debt collector just sends the account back to the owner of the loan, says, we're out, you deal with it. We don't want to be bothered with this thing. We're done. Holder of the loan sends it out to another debt collector, or maybe they file a lawsuit against you or do something else, depending upon what it is that they can do, which is varies based upon the kind of debt it is, as well as the state that you live in, because different states have different ways of enforcing unpaid debts. So if they don't verify the debt, they're going to stop collection activities, but only if you make that written request within that 30-day period of time. If you send a request for verification more than 30 days after the receipt of that letter, they don't need to do anything. They don't need to even respond to that letter. So only within that 30 days. Very important. So if they don't verify the debt, they can't take any action against you. If they do verify the debt, they can resume collection activities. Call you, they can write you, they can do whatever whatever they can legally do. So what happens if they verify the debt, but you still don't agree? Well, if you still don't agree, then you don't have to pay them. Now, bear in mind, if you don't pay them, they may take enforcement action against you, which in the case of federal student loans, that could be an administrative wage garnishment. It could be a tax refund offset. They could take your social security benefits. They could also file a lawsuit against you in civil court. They can do a whole bunch of things. In the case of a private student loan, at least in California and New York, they can't do anything unless they sue you, but they can file a lawsuit against you. And I understand that you probably don't want to get sued, but if they sue you and you defend that lawsuit, they've got to prove their case in a court of law. And proving their case at that level means more than just verification according to the FDCPA. Then they've got to actually lay out the whole case and you've got discovery and you you can do a whole bunch of stuff. But just the failure of verification, eh, it doesn't really do anything doesn't mean you don't owe the debt. doesn't mean they're not going to sue you. doesn't mean anything. just means that that company, that specific debt collector, can't call you anymore. If you request verification and they provide it and you still don't agree and you decide that you're not going to make payments anymore, you can stop them from calling you. And the way that you do that is you have to send them a letter and tell them not to contact you anymore. From the time that they get the letter, they can't contact you anymore. Now, again, the debt collector can send it back to the loan holder. Loan holder sends it out to a new debt collector. You have a brand new letter you have to send out to a new company telling them not to contact you either, but then you're getting some value, right? You're getting them to shut down collection efforts and you're essentially saying to them, look, you guys think I owe you money. I don't think I owe you money. If you want to bring it to a judge, let's fight it out in court. But we're not going to haggle back and forth. You're not getting anything out of me voluntarily. Might as well stop calling me. I mean, that's the sum and substance of it. Before you do that, though, you want to make sure that you actually want the contact to end. And this is where I see people make ridiculous mistakes. They've got a private student loan. They want to settle it. They're saving up money. 
They want to try to do a deal. That's cool. We do that for clients all the time. They want to do a deal. They say, okay, we want to do a deal. We're going to put money away until we think that we've got something to work with. They get a letter from the debt collector. They request verification. They get verification. They send a cease and desist letter, which is the letter that says, don't contact me anymore. And the debt collector disappears. That's not what they wanted to have happen, right? They wanted to be able to settle the debt so that they could avoid the possibility of legal action, so that they could get on with their life. They've been saving up the money. But what did they do? They told the debt collector to stop contacting them. So if you tell the debt collector to stop contacting you, guess what? They're going to stop contacting you. You're not going to get any offer to settle the debt. You're not going to get a repayment option. You're not going to be able to engage in any real negotiation. You tell them to buzz off and they will. So if you're looking to settle the debt, don't tell them to buzz off. It's not going to get you what you want. Clients call me up all the time. They say, oh, you know, I owed $100,000 in this debt. Um, I wanted to settle it for 40%. I sent them a cease and desist letter and they never got in touch with me again. I'm sitting on the money and then they filed a lawsuit against me. Why would they do that? I wanted to settle. Well, you didn't tell them you wanted to settle, right? So you got to decide what your end game is. What's your strategy? If you don't tell them that you want to settle or you don't leave open the door just by virtue of accepting the communication, well, it's not going to go anywhere. So let's wrap this thing up. Point one, scam. Point two, scam. Point three, no. Uh, point one, if you're contacted by a debt collector, you can request verification, but don't expect a whole lot from it. You can request verification. So long as you do that, within 30 days, the collection activity is going to stop until they can provide you that flimsy amount of information that's required. If you do get it and you still want them to not contact you, you send them a letter that says, don't contact me. They don't contact you anymore. If you're looking to settle, don't send that cease and desist letter because it's not going to take you where you want to be. If you disagree with the debt and either they don't provide proper verification or they do, but it's just not enough to convince you that you owe the money, it's going to probably go to court. That's okay. Because if it's going to go to court, then you're going to get a neutral third party, a judge person in a black robe sitting in a courtroom who is going to require them to provide a level of proof that's going to be sufficient enough to determine whether or not you actually owe the money and who you owe the money to. Now, that requires you to defend the case and go through discovery, and you may do that on your own or you may hire a lawyer, whatever. But you can't just get legal papers, a summons and complaint, and look at it and say, well, the judge is going to decide I don't have to do anything. I mean, you you actually have to mount a defense and demand discovery and go through that process. But it takes it out of your hands 
and it puts it into the judge's hands, which is great. If you actually don't know if you owe the money, well, putting it into a judge's hands is probably the smartest thing to do because then you get another pair of eyes on it and you get somebody who's a lot closer to objective than you are. But it's a scam when you're told, request verification, demand a copy of the promissory note, demand proof of ownership, and if they can't provide it or they don't provide it, then you don't owe the money anymore. That's where the scam comes in. Don't go ahead and cut a big check based upon somebody doing one of these demand proof of ownership to stop the debt collection. That only works in litigation, only works in a court of law. So there you have it. Stay scam free, right? It's a good motto. Stay scam free. I like that. Pay attention. Stay away from scams. If you have any questions, that's what I'm here for. My name is Jay Fleischman. I'm a student loan lawyer. If you are interested in asking me a question, you can go on over to studentloanshow.com. That's who I am. That's where I am. That's how I'm available. I'll talk to you next time. Have a great day.